0: Breaking news, Andrew, huge deal between Apple and MLS breaking
1: just before we're uh, taping this sports media never sleeps. Yeah, we thought the big story we're going to talk about is live and the PGA tour. And that is going to be a big topic. Uh, and it's already gotten spicy. Rory McIlroy going after Greg Norman. Yeah, this is the day I'll remember for a long, long time. Uh, 21st PGA tour win, uh, one more than someone else. And we're back. The Marshan and Oran Sports Media Podcast presented by USA Track and Field. I'm Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist for the New York Post. He's John Oran, the sports media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. John, we have a huge big get. We're going to get to live in the PGA Tour a little bit later. Great conversation with Chris Solomon from the very popular No Laying Up Pod. Uh, Really enjoyed that conversation. Really got into it deep into one of the biggest stories. In sports, but as you said in the opening, uh, breaking news as we're recording: uh, the MLS and Apple have a deal. We've been talking about it for a while. We both reported on it early that you know Apple had emerged. There were some rumblings last week, maybe not, and now here it is: is a done deal. And they have a press conference. You had a story already up, uh, so let's do it. Who's up and who's down?
0: Who's up? Who's down? Who's up? It's got to be Don Garber now with MLS. I mean, look, the deal is only minutes old, you know. So it's impossible to say whether it's a good deal for MLS or a bad deal for MLS. Time will tell. But I was around and I was covering uh, the cable business when the NBA left NBC to go to ESPN, and this has the same feel to it. Everybody said, "Why would you go to cable? Uh, you know, it's it's smaller." The, the distribution's not there. You're gonna you're gonna lose money. You're gonna lose interest. Well, here, MLS they're the first major sports league that has gone all in with a digital media company. And it, I, I hats off to, to Don Garber for uh, for just having the uh, wherewithal to get this done.
1: Like, I cannot wait to talk about this. This is going to be topic (laughs) one. I have so many things to say just off of what you just said. That is, it's so different than the NBA NBA and the MLS. You're comparing those two? Okay. Uh, You have to have (laughs) the bandwidth to do this. We'll talk about it. We'll get deeper into it. There's still things to come. There could be an ESPN deal for the linear and Univision uh, for the linear, some of the linear stuff. We'll get into that in a moment. Uh, But I got a lot to say about that deal. All right. My who's up? Peyton Manning. We talked about Tom Brady, $375 million deal, overall deal from Fox, which includes doing the games when he retires from football. Peyton Manning, I don't know exactly what he makes, but I do believe he's already at $20 plus from ESPN. Now he's added an audio podcast deal with Caesars, um, which again, the number's not out there. I do know it's a three-year deal, um, which wasn't announced. Uh, But I mean, you think about what McAfee got, you think what Lebertard got, and- You have to think that per year, Peyton Manning for this audio stuff is getting somewhere in that range, if not more. Uh, And so, uh, when you think about Tom Brady, and we don't know everything that goes in that deal at 375. Uh, that might be a good deal. Now he gets all the money. Peyton Manning does have employees and he's really building a production company and something to watch. I think eventually he will sell that. And the question is, can he make that into a billion dollar company? Someone like ESPN or who knows, uh, buys that. But Peyton Manning, who's up? What's new for uh, the Manning family? Uh, They're they're on the way up still.
0: Another indication, Peyton Manning is an established media star. Absolutely. I'm going to go into who's down. And I'm going to give it to Bob Chapek of Disney, and I'm going to give it to him because because he lost a rights battle in India. The Indian Cricket uh, Premier League ended up going with Viacom 18. That's a partnership between Paramount Global and Reliance Industries. It was something that Disney desperately wanted to keep because uh, they were able to stream those games and they got a ton of subscribers from that. All of a sudden, I'm seeing uh, statements come out from Disney now that they're, you know, being uh, cost effective. The price got too high. I've been covering this uh, th- this space for a long time, Andrew. Every time somebody loses a rights deal, oh, the price got too high. I, that, 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 that's what happened. You know, it, it rings hollow. There's going to be some trouble for uh, Disney Plus and their subscriber numbers going forward.
1: All right. So now the new opening to the uh, podcast is we're back. Welcome to the International Sports Media Podcast. Uh, John Dagan is overseas, uh, going after Chapek and uh, uh, and looking at the Indian cr- cricket rights. Amazon also, they were in on that and they were out as well. Uh, that's something that they were looking into maybe uh, getting because those are, like we've talked about, they're very popular around the world. All right, who's down for me? PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan did an interview with Jim Nance on CBS uh, and did not do well. Uh, Nance asked good questions and Monahan had no answers. Uh, we get into it a little later uh, with Chris Allman for no laying up. But uh, my big thing is, though, if you're going to do that interview, you have to have something to say. And he kind of feels like their approach is just the hope. That this will go away, that live will go away, their money will go away. That doesn't seem to be happening. Uh, then more players won't go. Uh, there's no real answers and no real. I feel like leadership uh, from Monahan on this, especially in terms of publicly uh, what you're going to say. Uh, the questions that Nance asked were good, but they weren't surprising. And I just thought you could have better answers. And uh, it's really it's it is sad what's going on. Just the overall uh, state of golf. Um, you know, maybe this disruption can create something uh, better, but if it does, it's going to take a long time for that to happen. And I don't know if it will happen. Uh, so uh, Jay Monahan, again, it's a tough deal because you're going against somebody who has endless pockets and really no business plan here, except for sports washing and, and uh, improving their name in the world uh, with the Saudi Arabians. But, uh, but I, Monahan's not doing a great job so far.
0: Yeah. And I, I want to emphasize that's off to Jim Nance. He, he asked, very simple direct questions it was befuddling it seemed like monahan didn't know the questions that were coming like uh, certainly uh, like he had to be prepped for those questions and it didn't feel like that
1: yeah you 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 would think um and yeah and he was even-handed nance so so good job there nance's know at his best at golf that's what his most is most passionate about and he's part of the sport but you know and again that was good because again it wasn't too confrontational which is not you know like the best interviews aren't necessarily confrontational like he could have really gone after him on some of the things he said what you're really trying to do is get people to explain and be as honest as possible and where Monaghan really came up short is he just didn't have he just didn't have explanations and I get it there's pressure like he hadn't spoken that he needed to um but that really didn't work out well at all. John, let's move to the topics and the start. MLS and Apple have a deal. You reported $250 million at minimum. It's a partnership. Just first off, uh, just lay the land of what this deal, just explain it to somebody who hasn't read anything about it, if you could for us, uh, in terms of what this deal, uh, you know, what, it, what it's made up and what could also happen with ESPN, Univision, et cetera.
0: Andrew, I can't emphasize enough, this is a potentially industry shifting deal. This is the MLS is, I'm I'm gonna answer your question, but first I'm gonna uh, just say that MLS, they're the first major league to go all digital. This means that if you wanna see an MLS game, any MLS game, you you have to uh, download the Apple app. Some are gonna be available for free. Some are gonna be on Apple TV plus. But they're getting a package that they're that they're going to stream, where you can see any game, no blackout, all the local games, all the national games, every single game. They're taking the uh, schedule. You're going most of the games are going to be on Wednesdays and on Saturdays, so that they're going to do a red zone type channel uh, uh, around this. Look, MLS has not been uh, too successful with uh, on linear television. The numbers for MLS are consistently under underwhelmed. Uh, this is a way, you know, that, that they have a younger fan base. They have a more tech savvy fan base. You know, this could th- this could be a natural to go to Apple. I mean, it, I, I'm not well, willing to say this is a good deal or a bad deal. Uh, you know, that, that's something that, that we'll be able to decide in probably five or six uh, six years, but it certainly is an industry shifting deal. It's a big, it's, it's a totally unique deal.
1: It's a bigger deal long-term because of Apple's involvement, I don't initially really like it for MLS, okay? The reason it's a bigger deal to me for Apple's involvement is the things we've talked about with Amazon and what they've done. Is this laying the groundwork? Let's see what this does. And can we do this replicated with the Premier League? You know, eventually replicate it with La Liga, you know, and other things where they buy everything. Because for them, even though $250 million, I think is more than way more than the, the networks were willing to pay for this, which is always your big point, right? Nobody wanted Thursday Night Football with Amazon. And now Apple comes in, they pay way more. Nobody really wanted this, right? Nobody wanted MLS. And for MLS, you compared this, I'm going to kill you on this one, okay? Because you compared this to the NBA. The National Basketball <laughs> Association in the height of Michael Jordan going from NBC to ESPN and ABC um, to the MLS. The problem with the MLS, okay, and this doesn't solve it. Yes, Apple's everywhere. But I'm going to have to go find the games, right? I've already found. I'm a huge soccer fan. I love soccer. You, own an, you own an iPhone. It's going to be very easy for you to find these games. What you're missing though, I have to choose the font. Fi- yes. I have the phone in my hand and they, they already do the alerts for, for Friday night baseball. If it's not the Yankees or the Mets, there's barely any chance. I'm going to flip on, you know, Tigers and Royals on Friday out of my own, you know, you know, like if I'm not doing it for, let me check out the broadcast for work. Um, then I'm going to do that. So yeah, you can keep telling me the Houston dynamo are playing the Chicago fire. <laughs> <laughs> I can watch man United. I can watch, uh, I shouldn't use them right now. Chelsea, I can watch Liverpool, uh, Tottenham, Manchester City. I can watch all those teams. I can watch Messi. But why didn't you pick the Red Bulls? You can watch the Red Bulls too. Any yeah. game. But the point is though, I can like, the, the, the MLS has no advantage domestically over any of these leagues, except I can go to a game, which is a very good experience. Going to an MLS game is a very good experience. To go to a Premier League game, people do that, but it's a, that's thousands of dollars. You got to go, obviously, to England, and so that you, you don't have that. But beyond that, it's a level playing field. And you can even argue the Premier League has, and these other leagues, the European leagues, have an advantage because their games are predominantly in the morning, which isn't against any other major sports programming. And they're the only game in town most weeks. So I don't see now there could be, I think there will be from what I've heard. It is not done yet. As we're speaking uh, ESPN had done 34, 35 games and they'll probably have 25 games linear and maybe the MLS cup. You tell me that's another question, but I I just want
0: to go back to to your other point. Like you're pretending that MLS just did a deal with being in sport. I'm I mean, not this,
1: pretending, this
0: I, is, I get it, it's Apple. This is Apple. Like everybody has an iPhone in their pocket. Like, like the, the, the marketing might, everybody talks about the marketing might of Disney. Think of the marketing might of Apple and being being a part of that.
1: Like, like, so explain that to me. So I have my phone, right? And they do the annoying Apple news thing to me. And I got to figure out how to turn that off because it frustrates me because go to the Post, go to Sports Business Journal. We will to give Apple more money. Okay. <laughs> Number two is what are they going to do? What do you say? So I'm a huge, like I'm their audience. Like I get it. I'm too old. All right, fine. I'm too old. But I'm like the audience in terms of I'm a soccer fan who can be convinced. I know what they've done with the league. And this is not going to help them grow the league. The dream for soccer fans like me in America is to have Messi's and Ronaldo's in their prime coming here they don't have that they've done a little better on the you know getting younger players but they're not going to the, the dream is that they're going to compete one day with the premier league and get the best players in la liga and barcelona and real madrid this deal is not doing that
0: if the whole industry is moving towards streaming which which uh, it is on, on the entertainment side it's going a lot slower on, on the uh, sports side you are you're, you're a first mover to get in with apple what happens if they bring in sunday ticket uh, which, which uh, they're either the front runner or second on. Uh, what happens if, if they, they go and bring in uh, the NBA and, and, and do, do a partnership w- w- with the NBA and it becomes a, 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 a sport?
1: Okay, so let's get into because because I like to always kitchen table like this stuff, right? John? you're not a huge soccer guy right yeah
0: i've been doing a dc united game here and there okay but
1: you're not like if it got a no, no no i'm no, not a huge. A, a game on like i'm a big soccer guy like obviously you watch a lot for work so you have to watch different things that you don't know, you don't necessarily watch but i'm always interested in like oh what soccer game is on the, i'm like my list of games to watch mls is way down there and i'm not trying to like kill, there are people who like mls great in I, again in-game experience is very good but like this also includes all the local rights. And I know they weren't getting much, you know, they probably weren't making that much, but that's a, those are a lot of games. That's a lot of inventory when you get to $250 million. That's not really, a to me, a tremendous deal. The point I'm trying to make, John, is that you just said the ratings aren't good. So people aren't watching. When you have, you act like they're not coming from a great distribution source. They had ESPN, they had Fox, Locally here, they're on Yes and MSG. Like, I get it. We're moving towards streaming. um Perhaps we've had this discussion a lot. Like, is sports really going to work that well on streaming? They're not getting people to watch that way. So you're saying, because I have an iPhone, I'm going to watch now? I don't think so. You're not going to grow. I don't really, for, maybe I'll be wrong. I don't see you growing the pie because they don't, also, the product's not good enough. The, the product as a sock, as a TV video product is not good enough. That's the problem with MLS. When does the NFL play its games? All the time, and then they uh, they play them exactly, Sunday all the, all Again, the time. Now. Sundays, Sunday, and predominantly Sundays. Is that yeah. where we're
0: getting at? Yeah, here's where we uh, get. Uh,
1: you you get all their talking points. I, 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 do, I do,
0: I do. By the way, this is. Your t- I, I think this is a legit talking point, though. The <laughs> no. NBA on uh, the NBA on TNT Thursday night. It's great. Uh, the NBA on uh, ESPN Friday nights. You know, the Sunday on on on. Uh, on abc do you know when an mls start time is they're all over the map i think already they're already mostly saturday and wednesday right now they're starting based on tv schedules based on uh stadium schedules they're now going to streamline those to wednesday and saturday it's going to be more appointment viewing uh and you know look i'm not willing to say this is going to be a surefire hit I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm willing to take a look, and, and I, I. I can see why they did this deal.
1: It's ten years. That's a long time.
0: I think on our pod, I am the skeptic on digital uh, on these digital companies, and this is yet another instance, as you said earlier, where they're still not getting. N- nobody was bidding that amount of money for for that that amount of content on linear television, so, uh, and, and until Apple or Amazon are able to actually come in. And, and get a, a, a package of rights that, that, that the linear TV guys really want, a la the NBA, a la the Big Ten, uh, you know, that, that, that's coming up. You know, th- I mean, that's that's when it's really going to make me raise my eye.
1: I think I just won the, I think what you just said, I just won the argument. So I, you just said, like, nobody really wanted this. How can, can you win the whole... argument? My argument is wait and see. Okay, that's not an argument. First off, all right. But well, here, here's the thing, and then we got to move on. But this is, the significance to me is if apple is kind of trying this out to see if this works and it goes to other sports that's really the significance of it for mls fine it's an okay deal i just feel like they've again i don't know maybe it wouldn't have mattered if they stayed with espn and fox and they would have gotten less money i get that
0: it, it wasn't working with those guys though like the, the, the numbers but why right.
1: but, they, but why wait no let me ask you and then we, do you think ESPN, if you're distrib- distributing something, do you think ESPN and Fox are better than Apple right now?
0: I don't know. That's a good question.
1: Like, if you're distributing games, I mean, I get it. I'm not like, I totally respect Apple's and what, who Apple is, obviously. Listen, yeah. If I'm
0: distributing games, I find that uh, Fox and ABC are better than ESPN and FS1. And I find that uh, ESPN and FS1 are better than digital uh, d- digital companies. I, I, I think that's the sort of progression that you go, yeah.
1: But yeah, so MLS is going to some place where, again, it is Apple. They will be around a little bit. But if it turns to growing the amount of people who are going to be watching this, maybe. Maybe, maybe it works. I mean, I agree that like younger people, they don't like look to turn on the TV. That's fair. And so maybe, you know what, a younger person has their phone and they'll watch these MLS games. I mean, here's the bottom line about this whole thing. MLS, and this is a frustration for any soccer fan. They just need to, they need to get the product even better. It's not bad. It's just not, you know, we're the United States of America. We have the best football league. We have the best, basketball league we have the best hockey league we expect to have the best and mls is in probably the top 10 someplace um, in terms of leagues around the world uh, you know you need somebody else to rank them we can have taylor twelman or somebody on to rank them all for us i love when you mention terps Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I guess they're going to do a smaller deal with ESPN and ABC. Uh, and well, we'll see on that.
0: So yeah. They're out negotiating with Fox or negotiating with ESPN. They want a linear TV component because they want to grow the game. They want they, yeah. they, they want to get the game in front of as many people as they can. And they're very confident. So like, I, I expect that they'll get yeah, it. I think I think
1: a deal. I think there'll be a linear deal. Like I said,
0: 35 to 25 games. If I was advising these TV networks, why would you help build up what's a potentially a potential competitor in Apple that's going to be coming in to like I I would I I don't know what I would pay for those rights because they're all going to be simulcast with uh, with with Apple I
1: I have one more for you would you rather be on ESPN plus or Apple TV
0: there's so many ifs that go into that if I'm the MLS and I'm the only one on Apple and I'm going to be the only one benefiting from Apple yeah, I think I take Apple. If I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna be one of like like thirty leagues on ESPN Plus, oh God, Laplaca is gonna call call me now, isn't he?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, Crystal Block, ahead of PR. Yep, oh, go ahead. God. <laughs> First off, you're wrong. If, and, and listen, Laplaca, Crystal Block is the head of. Uh... ESPN's PR, he would be right because it's better to be on with a lot of sports because then I turn to that and I go, oh, what's on in a, a sports network? And then ESPN's talking about you all the time. Here's the bottom line. MLS, you need to get- On, that,
0: your on your Apple, I don't have to turn to it. It, it. it alerts me in my pocket, man.
1: But you're not going to
0: watch it. Well, I'm not going to watch it on ESPN Plus either. Got it. Andrew, let's go to topic two. Huge change over at Turner. Another big surprise- Luis Silberwasser, a, uh, a longtime colleague and friend of David Zasloff, has been picked to run Turner Sports. He's going to run Warner Media Sports. Uh, he uh, had a long storied career at Discovery. He was over at Univision. And it, it's, uh, it's something that, that came out just last week and really surprised the
1: business. All right. First off, before we get to that, in the background, John is like, he's like a public speaker. So he's like, he spoke at the Bank of America conference or something. I paid, I think, hundred grand uh, for his. <laughs> um, and he's, he's, he's doing the pod outside. I don't know if you can hear there's like birds or crickets. Can hear the birds? I heard, I hear I don't know if it's coming through with, we'll, you know, we'll have to listen back. I and, that was Chris Mason yeah. in my cheering section there. Yeah. Chris Mason, our outstanding producer. It's like.
0: <laughs> All
1: right. So that's. So, anyways, all right, back to just water. The hotel
0: room's a mess. I had to get out here. All
1: right, no, it's a good look. I mean, I like the trees. It's a very leafy look for Oran, but I don't know if you can hear that in the background. There's like was it crickets or birds or I don't know what that is. I'm
0: wildlife. I don't know
1: wildlife. He's giving us the uh, outside <laughs> experience. You look at it. What Silverwater is going to have to to do? I mean, I think number one, the first question to me: Does Lenny Daniel stay? Uh, He's the president of Turner Sports. Uh, He was up for this job. Uh, They went another direction. Um, I've written and connected him to ESPN. Uh, A lot of people in the business have asked me, well, what would he do there? I don't know exactly. I do know. uh, I've been told that he and Jimmy Pataro, the chairman of ESPN, have a tight relationship. So I do think there's something there. I do think there's some smoke there. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. Maybe Lenny Daniels decides um, I can uh, make it work. Uh, under this uh, new um, hierarchy, uh, he did make it work when Jeff Zucker came in uh, in the previous uh, before the merger. That's a huge question because that's, um, you know, when you get inside the um, baseball of this stuff, uh, that that's a that's one that uh, will be interesting to see how it plays out and what you're feeling on that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I don't have a good read on this. Uh, I, I think it's like literally 50-50. He was going for a, a position that he didn't get. So typically you would think that's that's an executive that would be leaving, right? But Lenny is a survivor, man. He, he knows how to adapt. Because You mentioned Zucker. Uh, there's Levy before, David Levy. You know, He, he sort of grew up on, uh, under that. He's been through these changes numerous times. Uh, I think that the, the way this came about and, and the 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 fact that it was such a surprise i'm not, I'm not it wasn't it probably wasn't a huge surprise to lenny but he didn't know too too much uh, too long before you know th- this came down i'm sure um you know i i just don't know how, how that's going to play out there there could be changes i saw your initial tweet suggesting espn i thought uh you were full of it uh, i made some calls and yeah i mean that th- th- there there is certain uh, there's I'm not saying that's a destination, but there is smoke there. There's a uh, way from full of it to what I'll tell you what. Uh, it, Andrew's tweeting, uh, w- when you tweet like, hey, this could be, you're rarely, you're almost never s- sitting there, like, you know, scratching your head and just putting something out. It's, it's always pretty reported, so it's uh, yeah, so, it, yeah there's.
1: I, I, like I said, I've, I've heard that uh, he and uh, Jimmy Pitaro do have a good relationship, so I again, I'm not definitely going to happen, but I could see it. Let's just look at Silver Wasser. We both. You know, to a lot of people who are in sports media, that name came out of basically nowhere. There had been some rumored name that we never reported upon. Um Well, you did like a glowing feature, trying to get ahead of a story there. Um <laughs> You're you gonna give that up that you did that or not?
0: Hey, don't. I, I'm not telling you my secrets. Like
1: <laughs> this is glowing feature, you guys can look at look at John's glowing features that have happened the last couple of weeks, and then see where the rumors were were coming from of, of certain people who might work at a WME. You got to give the names now come
0: on what karen brodkin and hillary yeah. mandel yeah the, the karen brodkin the dynamic, was a, a rumor name. the dynamic duo yeah, yeah. karen was, and
1: then john like so that rumored name without there we both had heard it but we didn't nobody reported i don't think uh and then john does this glow and i'm sure well deserved but does this glowing feature just coincidentally uh look at him going for scoops anyways uh there was that no glowing feature though I uh, th- I and, then, to and then wait then it. after hold on a second. i really actually was gonna read then he does his newsletter when uh louise silver wasser and he quotes all his friends saying how great the guy is i was gonna read those i'm gonna be like all right this guy oh wow this guy's amazing there you go forget about this for a second though I, i'm teasing you I'll oh like wait one retort. guy
0: one guy called him elegant I
1: yeah, elegant and like and my,
0: my my profile on karen brodkin I, I have to defend myself here a little bit my profile on karen brodkin and hillary mandel i've been tra- two women in this like hugely male dominated business i've been trying to do their story i've been bugging them for like three four years and they never wanted to do it never wanted to do it and and uh they finally said yes at the, at the Super Bowl this year. So, uh, all right,
1: fine. So it was all right. So I'm, I made it. All right. So I, that's what I don't like to do. That's why I don't, when I tweet something, usually I don't just throw stuff out there. I, there. There's some, hopefully some knowledge behind it. So, but that time I didn't, so I apologize. All right. Let's last thing on silver roster. What do you think biggest things when you, you know, you listed in the beginning, um, what he's coming into all that, what's the biggest thing when you look at Turner sports and what they're what what's the number one in, in your mind or two, you know, everybody's
0: going to say the NBA or, 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 or streaming or, I just you know, when David Zaslov took over Warner Media, everybody, including myself, thought that they were going to be a really big uh, uh, company in, in sports and sports. They, they're going to be vying for, for all these rights. Uh, if I were at sports leagues and conferences, I would be a little bit concerned because it doesn't look like they're going to be these spendthrifts. That are going out there. Uh, they are not be, uh, involved in, in the Big Ten uh, nego- uh, negotiations. So they, they, they sort of uh, pulled out from that. They're not, they, they were not really kicking the tires on MLS. Some of these op- open rights that are out there, like if you're David Zaslov loves sports, but he loves making money more than that. And so I, I, he's uh, going to be very disciplined. So, how that pertains to the, the NBA. And what they end up doing to to structure something that, to uh, become more attractive for the NBA is is you know something that I'm th- this is more of an answer about Zaslov than it is about Silverwasser. But Silverwasser is a longtime friend of Z- Zaslov. They're gonna they're gonna march lockstep together.
1: All right. What is last thing on this for me? The, do you love sports or making money more? You said Zavlov's like making money more than sports. Which one does John Oren like better?
0: Oh, I'm a journalist. I like sports. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> Andrew Marshan, what do you like more?
1: <laughs> uh,
0: how much I, money? You wouldn't be a reporter for the New York post. If you, if, if you like making money, I think. Hey, right? hey.
1: How much money? It depends how much money. All right. All
0: right. Topic three. Let's do a couple of quick hitters. Andrew, Sean McDonough, you have some interesting stats on him.
1: Yeah. We're doing a look some quick hitters here before we get to the big get. Uh, Sean McDonough, this is off the top of my head, but he's doing the Stanley Cup Finals right now. He already did the World Series. There's not many play-by-players who have done two of the big four major sports championships. I'm talking about the Super Bowl, the World Series, the Stanley Cup, uh, and the NBA Finals. So you have McDonough now. He joins this club. Al Michaels, Super Bowl, World Series, NBA Finals. He has three. And I don't know if there's anybody else who has three of the four. Uh, And then uh, you have a lot of – not a lot, but you have – a couple with two. If Joe and Jack Buck, uh, Jack Buck did do one Super Bowl. We're only talking about TV. Jack Buck did a number on radio. Uh, you have Dick Enberg, uh, Kurt Gowdy, Dick Stockton, um, and that's basically it. Off the, those are just my, the group that I got. You know, when I think of the four majors, a couple of those. There's one like Stockton. There's one of the local announcers did the World Series, but still, pretty good company for Sean McDonough now with Stanley Cup, and he already did a. Uh, world series when he was at cbs a long time ago
0: i'll give you jim nance uh super bowl final four you put the final four in there no, not, I,
1: mean, I was just doing the four major professional sports yeah I, yeah you can start going you know nance final four that does the masters um and so uh there's a lot of other events that you could do you get into radio i was just talking about tv four major professional sports team sports uh and mcdonough joins that group
0: all right quick hitter you broke a story on another story on Amazon and Carissa Thompson.
1: What's going on? Yeah, she's going to be the host for Thursday Night Football. Uh, they did have talks with Kay Adams. Uh, they were just really apart financially. Uh, and then I think Nick Burleson at one point was someone they were interested in hosting, but he has got a million jobs, including CBS This Morning. Uh, so Carissa Thompson, who I think does a really good job, uh, on Fox on Sundays on their pregame show before their big show uh, on, on Sundays on the NFL. Uh, so she'll be hosting. Uh, I've already reported Ryan Fitzpatrick, Mike Joiner, Richard Sherman, I think is going to be part of that crew. They've already announced Tony Gonzalez and then Marshawn Lynch is also someone who I've linked to Amazon. So uh, Carissa Thompson, Amazon getting their NFL uh, team together, of course, Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit on the game call. All right, with
0: no further ado, let's get to the big get, man. All
1: right, John, the big get, Chris Solomon from the very popular No Laying Up Pod, probably the biggest golf podcast going these days. Uh, Chris, we really appreciate you joining us, especially because uh, live and the PGA Tour, it's the biggest topic, maybe in sports, but obviously definitely in golf.
2: Oh, oh, that's what you guys want to talk about. I thought for sure it was about the RBC Canadian Open last week, or the Curtis Cup, or, or something along those lines. But I guess I, if you want to, we could talk about that. We actually did lead it's the Curtis show. Curtis and what's his cup?
1: Yeah, we did lead the <laughs> show with Rory McElroy going after Greg Norman, which is pretty spicy. Oh, gee, I know stuff you guys like to talk about, it, and it's it's good stuff. All right, so look, John, let's just start off. We just want this is less of an interview with this big get than more of kind of a conversation. So, on uh, I think last Friday on your pod. You eloquently put uh, how the PGA tour their situation and we're a prude cast, so I'm not gonna use your exact word, but you said the PGA tour is effed. Uh, can you explain that to our audience? What you meant by that? Very eloquent. It,
2: it, it is um, it, it, it's, it's a very long answer that I'll try to sum up as succinctly as I can. And that the way this tour is structured and the way it has evolved over the years Uh, The foundation of it cracked a long, long time ago. Uh, This tour was set up way prior. The the, the structure was set up way prior to, you know, sports media landscape changing so greatly before big TV deals, before Tiger Woods came along. This is a 501c6 organization, which is essentially a trade organization that is a a, a nonprofit uh, that has many members of like something like 250 members of the organization, which uh, the tour is not able you know efficiently to treat other uh you know one player different than the the group as a whole and it has uh many people at the top of the game have felt like their market value is not being realized completely and uh, an irrational actor has entered the uh landscape here one that is not competing uh, not not in the game, on market forces, really. They have a much larger play in place, and that is the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia, who is poaching players one by one with outrageous contracts that are really uh, being underestimated how big they are. And it's all anyone's talking about, but still it's already gotten to the point where $100 million becomes a footnote in the conversation. And instead of it being, uh, you know, enough emphasis on how much money that is, it's just kind of like, yeah, that's just a, a small little you know, cog in the machine that they have going over there. And now, uh, you know, now that, you know, they've had their first event in London last week, and now that uh, guys are, you know, these paychecks are clearing, they are uh, expecting another wave of of players to be announced. There has been another wave of players to be announced, and there will be more. And uh, it really does seem like, at best, we're going to get a very separated and fractured golf world going forward.
0: Week one of Live, give me uh, your impressions.
2: It was uh, audacious. It was loud. It was brash. It was um, a very heavy propaganda machine going to make sure everyone around the world knew how much fun everyone was having on site and how incredibly excited all the players are to be here. And now let's welcome in Patrick Reed, our next, you know, player. The fans love him, which uh, anyone who has followed the game of golf would just could only laugh at that because Patrick Reed is probably the most, if not one of the most unpopular players in professional golf. And it was, you know, it was a uh, a different format. It was um, a, a telecast, a broadcast that was on YouTube for, for fans in the United States that had no commercials. I'm not sure we can call that a
0: telecast, actually.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure what you call it. It was a a live stream. You know, we we make videos on YouTube. We've been joking. We have a new YouTube content creator rivals. Dustin Johnson's now a content creator uh, on YouTube (laughs) instead of a professional golfer because it felt like an exhibition. There was, you know, outrageous amount of money paid out, $4 million to, to Charles Schwartzel, who won. And then he got another $750,000 on top of that, you know, uh, with his team that won, the teams are temporary. They are drafting them week by week. As it stands, they have comically bad team names, uh, associated with them. The stinger golf club won, uh, this past week, there's the high flyers and the smash golf club. And it just sounds like something on, you would see on Nickelodeon, honestly. And, um, it just didn't feel like professional golf. It, it's not why I love golf. It didn't, it's not why I got into golf. I really enjoy the competition aspect of it. And, uh, the entertainment value that comes from that is what brings golf fans into the game. It's not whatever the hell that was. So it, um, it was a sad week for the game of golf because it's very clear where things are going, where things have been trending really for the last four years, ever since the, you know, the the public investment fund put on the Saudi international in 2018, they were able to pay huge appearance fees to a lot of uh, the word I I keep using is stooges who were willing to take this money and say great things about all the things going on in Saudi Arabia. And they realized how easy, how easy this golf world was to disrupt and to buy and to just, you know, pay off all these players, outrageous amounts of money to uh, to launder their image around the world. And uh, it's just, It's just a, I'm not geopolitically strong enough to be having these conversations. I've had to learn this stuff on the fly really to, to understand the much larger play here. And that just makes me sad. Like I, I don't want to talk about Saudi Arabia and you know, their geopolitical stances and uh, many of the things that have happened there over the last, you know, short-term and long-term. It's just not why I got into golf, but these things have kind of been forced upon us and uh, it looks like they're here to stay.
1: Now, Chris, earlier in the pod, I for my who's down, we who's up, who's down every week. Mine was PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan because you know his interview. First off, he was silent. He didn't hear a word from him. Kind of felt like he's just hoping for things to go away. Then he does an interview with Jim Nance. Nance asks some pretty good questions, but straightforward questions, and there didn't really seem like a plan except to maybe guilt guys into staying. If you're Jay Monahan, you're the commissioner of the PGA Tour. What should they be doing? What should he be doing?
2: You know, it's a great question, and where I settle on this is not a pop. This does not seem to be the consensus of a lot of people I've talked to. But if you don't have a whole lot to say, there's not much point in saying it. One, there is a pending and potential legal battle on the front. You know that uh, the the PGA Tour has suspended all players that have played in lit that played in the last live event. They suspended 17 players. Um, some say indefinitely. Some say it's uh, you know the, it depends on you know whether they keep playing. I, we don't know the length of the suspension, but um, that is expected to be fought by some in court in in some way to say uh, this is an anti-competitive behavior. You you cannot be doing this you know to your PGA Tour members. It's even though that is in the rules and regulations. Um, it is the opinion of many that you know this is it's not uh, not a legal thing to for them to be doing. So what benefit is there to go out there when I'm sure he's got uh, as Greg Norman described that high-priced lawyers in his ear talking about Monahan, you know, telling him probably not to say a lot of details about this because. You know the the tour is sitting back and letting the live people say a lot of things about it, and I'm sure taking copious notes of all the phrases and words they use for that upcoming legal battle whenever that does come. And it does not benefit him much to go out and give non-answers to questions that you know he doesn't want to give out a lot. And I'm not a lawyer either, right? I don't I, I the only thing I do know about it is a lot of lawyers get in your ear and say, Shut up and don't say anything. And that kind of seems like a little bit of that is going on. So I didn't think there was much benefit in Monaghan going out there on Sunday and trying to appeal some to his players, but it just feels like he comes off and the, the tour as a whole has come off as being kind of a jilted ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. It just seems like they're a little heartbroken, and taking it very personally. And um, I don't know if they're expecting that to appeal to the players that they're still trying to convince to stay or think that it's going to you know, appeal to the fans. I don't know exactly. I just know they've been dealt a very, 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 tough hand and that it's really tough to have predicted. This has been, you know, this undercurrent has been there for a while, but this, like I said, this is such an irrational actor that has entered the space, right? They had competitive advantage over anyone that wanted to set up a business around golf. And that is not what live golf is. It is a, a, it is a, a play for the entire economy of Saudi Arabia, one small tiny pawn of a chess piece of their, Oh, their whole plan for vision 2030. And they're just nothing. They can't compete on the money front. They just absolutely cannot not under their current structure. I know that's where we started our conversation to say their current structure is what's holding them back from being able to, match or throw any uh reasonable amount of money at these players to get them to stay because again the numbers are just outrageous i
0: cover you know the, the media rights that they're, they're virtually zero that they are zero in the united states anyway which is you know the the, the prime market uh sponsorship you know everybody's so, uh, trying to flee and I, I i am getting some pushback from people saying like you got you, you have to stop treating them like it's a normal league launch
2: yeah i it, it i don't know really what it is and again i just i'm resigned to sadness like i i I love this game and, and and that's what makes it you know just the double down of a lot of the things that people that have taken the money are saying you know it's kind of like a bingo card you can you know i i've gotten many many bingos along the way to every time somebody says i'm not a politician you know i'm just a golfer i'm here to play the golf and one of the common phrases they hear is to grow the game grow the game around the world grow the game in saudi arabia and i i just want to ask like Why not, you know, why don't you want to grow the game in Bangladesh? Why don't you want to grow it in uh, Uzbekistan, right? Oh, because those countries aren't paying you to do it, right? So don't try to pretend like you care about growing the game in Saudi Arabia or anywhere else. You care about the money. They, You know they can't say that, and uh, it just makes for really awkward waste of a time press conferences like Phil Mickelson's was yesterday, where people asked very direct questions, and he just, you know, would take his time to say, I respect people's opinion on that, and that's really all I have to say. And it's just kind of sad. It's somebody who's been so brazen for so many years about so many things he said, just resigned to not being able to say anything. And everyone in the room knows why. And it's just like, it just kind of felt like everything that, you know, happened before this was a lie.
0: Chris, no laying up is... Among the most popular podcasts in the Sports Business Journal newsroom. I mean, uh, if if you're a golf fan,
1: is that the demo, Wait, Chris? Like, for for is that the demo you're going for? Because that's a pretty good, you know, demo. I got to be honest with you. I, I
2: I guess it always amazes me that that, we, that anyone listens, but uh, <laughs> I'm always surprised with, to hear some of the people that do listen.
0: Not quite as popular as uh, the Marchand and Oran Sports Media podcast, but I I, I digress. Uh, you cater, if you're a golf fan, though, you li- you're listening to No Laying Up. It's very popular in golf uh, circles. Among the hardcore sports fans, do they care about the Saudis? Do they care about that geopolitical at, at all?
2: It's a great question. Um, I find the conversations I have in person very different from the ones I have on social media. I don't know if... Uh, I'm dealing with bots on Twitter uh, that is also in the Saudi playbook to unleash a, a, a slew of trolls to just reply under your replies to, you know, harass you and, and whatnot. Um, there's a lot of whataboutism that goes on to say, well, what about China? The PJ Tour is dealing with China. What about, uh, you know, you're tweeting this from your iPhone that, that was made in China. And it just it's crazy the things that people will equate uh, to to this sports washing campaign. But I would say among the hardcore fan, they mostly likely agree i want to say with the, the idea that like this isn't good for competitive golf like it's not again it's not market forces there's no company there's some people that say competition is better for the sport not this kind like not straight government bribes basically
0: my point is like it's less about like boy i don't want to support a oppressive regime and it's more about i don't like what it's doing to a sport i love
2: that's a tough question it, it is i i can't pretend to speak for, for, a, a you know, a, a large amount of people to say, I, I, I don't think it is a slightly more of a media thing in terms of being, um, you know, kind of put off by where the money's come from and things like that. But I think it's also up to the audience to be kind of informed on these things. It might not be, uh, where their mind initially goes with this. I mean, you might turn on the, the YouTube and see this weird new golf format and you might think it's great and might not ever think about where the money comes from. That's exactly what their goal is. That's what they want. But I think it's also the media's obligation to kind of make sure that people are informed as to say what exactly you, it is you are supporting. And if you're aware of what you're supporting and if you still want to support it after that, but um, I think it would be an entirely different conversation. I don't know if this answers your question, John, if, If this league was funded by Mark Cuban or uh, Elon Musk or something like that, I think it would be a very different conversation as to what kind of entertainment value it gives to uh, to golf fans.
1: And we we look at the television side of things and the majors, of course, are the biggest draws. Uh, And I think those kind of are maybe perhaps a tipping point and what Monahan's hoping for. What's your feeling on what the majors will
2: do? It's probably the question right now, right? Oh, my, I just want to say my... I
1: wanted you to say that's a great question because right now it's one-one, Oran and Marshan. I got one great question. John got one great question. I didn't get a great there. I was actually keeping score in my head. So, all right, one-one still. We've got a couple had... minutes left. Don't I, give I it, think... don't
0: give it now, Chris. Don't give
2: it now. <laughs> that was an okay question.
1: Um okay. I think... <laughs> the questions. That was a
0: question everybody expected. Go ahead, Chris.
2: So what, what the golf <laughs> world ticks on, and I, this is actually, I feel like a, a topic that hasn't been quite discussed enough, but what makes the golf world tick is the official world golf rankings. It's how um, you you play in competitive golf events, you earn points, you earn enough points, and that gets you into major championships. That gets you into WGC events. It gets you, it's what dictates the field. The top 60 of the world golf rankings make it to the US Open, top 50 make it into the Masters. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head what it is that makes in the PJ Championship, but as of right now, the Live Golf Tour does not have official World Golf ranking points. So if you are suspended from the PGA Tour and playing only on the Live Tour, it's only a matter of time before there's a two-year aging system that goes to your World Golf ranking points, where at the end of two years, Dustin Johnson will have zero points um, other than what he's able to earn in the majors currently, right? He's in on world ranking right now and a recent major championship victory. He may not be the best example, but there's, let's say, Taylor Gooch. He is here on off his world ranking here right now. And if he doesn't play in any events that earn him world ranking points, he will fall out of that and not be able to earn his way back in unless he goes and plays the Asian tour or plays the DP world tour or something like that. So it can be kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy if they don't end up getting world ranking points, which there's are no, currently there are no tours that play 54 hall events that get world ranking points. And uh, if you could dive in the, the board of the official world golf ranking uh, system is the PGA tour, Augusta national. It is the PGA of America. It is the USGA. It is the RNA and it's the international federation of PGA tours. So I Don't know exactly how, if you say it like that, it certainly sounds like they're not going to approve this because of the threat that this provides. And I don't know what that opens them up to legally, but it's going to be an uphill battle for them to get the world ranking points that are required for these guys to stay in the world golf ranking ecosystem and qualify for the majors. So Augusta national is a different question. They have long invited their past champions to compete well into their fifties and even into their sixties, if they can still compete, um what they are going to do is going to dictate a lot i think everyone that's playing live and that is qualified for the british open and the u.s open are going to be able to play this year uh and then next up will be augusta next year they pretty much make their own rules and uh, they've been closely aligned with the pga tour for a long time i have no inside information on this but the sentiment seems to be that they would expect some kind of action from them uh they don't they don't want to look silly i don't think I, I don't i really don't know i, I don't know what to expect but um, the rumor flying around tends to be that they're going to swing hammers on these guys. And that would be an enormous, enormous development in the game of golf, which it feels like we have an enormous development in the game of golf pretty much daily these, these days.
0: Week one to live to me seemed like, uh, you know, a cross between like the senior tour and like the villains of, of the PGA tour, sort of uh, people that, that you would have expected to go. If I'm reading between the lines, it sounds like you're expecting a lot more defections that are going to come as a surprise to Andrew and me. Well, first, John, hold on a second. Did, I, John, I did. I, I just will speak not be for surprised. You.
1: Okay, John, to be a surprise to John, that was almost. By the way, that was almost a great question because actually That's I have a question that was similar because I was going to ask you who's the guy outside. So I'm going to. I'm going to do. It. Maybe we can get a, a, a tiger because I want to add to his question here. The guy outside of Tiger, right? Who's the guy? And we don't think Tiger's going. Um, who's the guy who you think could go? Who's like a tipping point guy outside? of Obviously, Tiger's the one. But besides him, is there somebody else out there? You're like, you know what? Maybe he would go, and that would really be something. You know, who's that's not a really, good yet?
0: question. That is a really good question.
2: I feel like uh, I'm on around the horn. I need to be giving out points to each of you whenever you ask the <laughs> ask the right questions. But
1: oh gosh. All right.
2: um, so it's a it is a very good question, and that there are a a, a second. Tier of rumored names that I'm hesitant to even name because I, I really don't know what's going to happen. But it seems like, you know, to, to your exact point, if this domino falls, these four guys may follow, right? And I'll just throw out a few names. And again, this does not mean that they are going to jump, they just have been pretty quiet on it. And uh, John Rahm stood up today and, like, again, re emphasized his loyalty to the PGA tour. Justin Thomas has left zero doubt in his plans. Roy McElroy has left zero doubt on his plans, but. Ricky Fowler is in the news a lot. A lot of rumors going around that. That would tend to make sense for him. And then you have a slew of guys like say Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, guys that have not been as outspoken about their where their loyalties lie. Brooks Kepka was a little testy with the media asking about it today. I've heard both sides of the rumor mill. He's definitely in, he's definitely out. I don't know. But the I feel like, you know, if one or so of those guys go, it's just gonna the more normal it becomes for guys going. It, it, there is another wave of guys waiting, I think to say, all right, well, why wouldn't I take this money? Or I may miss my chance. Like, I don't, if I wait any longer, you know, they may not be giving out these five-year deal contracts to these guys for, you know, nine figures. And I should go now. Um, I like how the PGA tours handled this. I don't feel great about their future. I should go now, but I do think no matter what we're going to get, you know, those, those three or four guys I mentioned that are, are going to stay like, that's, those are the competitive golfers going forward. The rest are kind of exhibitionists. It's kind of how I view it. And uh, I, I don't think that's better for the golf world to, to split those two, but um, I, it's, it, it, it's, it's hard. I think at best now the torque is going to be 75% of what it was. And that's at best. Uh, I think Bryson was a huge loss. He is an entertaining golfer. He's not the most popular golfer, but you feel something when you watch that guy come on the screen, how he approaches the game of golf, how that fits into 72 hole competition, serious competition is very entertaining to watch, to watch him drive it over, you know, the entire lake at Bay Hill, 394 yards and whatever that was, how that fits into real competition uh, versus whatever that is on the other, you know, in the other league is interesting. And it's not going to be that interesting to watch him do it uh, just for piles and piles of cash. And that's, that's kind of where I stand on it. One last question. What has to happen for live to fail? That's a great question. That's a really good question.
1: Hold on, I get less, yeah. I think I get last licks. I get a little more. Go ahead.
2: So I'll tell you what I'm gonna answer it first by saying what what doesn't matter in this scenario. It doesn't matter if nobody watches this thing. That's not that's not it's not hey, if the ratings are bad, they're gonna cancel this thing. That's not it. Again, we're we're dealing with irrational actors. Um, it's not gonna fail if they don't get the players they want. Again, it's not um it's a long game for them. They think they can outlast and outspend the PGA Tour and, and counting on getting guys into the future. Um, it, it's such a drop in the bucket for them that I don't see them necessarily getting bored with it. But I'll tell you how it can fail, and that is some kind of change in um, leadership, and I don't pretend to know all the inner workings of the Saudi Arabian government or the royal family, but let's say Mohammed bin Salman is no longer in power, and uh, you know is not in charge of the public investment fund and is not overseeing Gulf Saudi anymore. Maybe Gulf Saudi goes away, or I, I honestly forget the guy's name. I think Yasser or something, the, the the head of the of Gulf Saudi. If he is no longer in power in, in that position, and you know, and general Gulf Saudi goes away. At the drop of a hand, that's how it fails. It has to be an internal struggle to say, this is no longer fulfilling our mission, or it's not accomplishing much for us. Or it's kind of, it's not dissimilar to how a lot of stuff works at uh, the sponsorship level, like at the PGA Tour. There's, Executives of you know insert company right here that are big golf fans, and they say, well, well let's let's direct some of our budget right there. Or it might be, hey, we're I'm, we're big fans of sailing; let's spend our money in sailing. Or it, it kind of can hinge on one or two people. It's how our business works. If a couple of our key contacts leave uh, the companies that we work with, they may no longer sponsor us, right? Just based on different interests and and, and whatnot. So that's the, really the only way I see it failing right now is. Uh, if there's a change in leadership or change in the decision makers of spending that money. And uh, I have no idea what the likelihood of that actually is, but that's that's what I see now.
1: So we'll be listening uh, to the no laying up pot. If you're not listening to it and you want to know about what we just talked about, I mean, Chris and, and his guys, there's, it's really good stuff. Um, And, like I said, eloquent stuff too. like the opening thing I said about the PGA tour being effed. Um, I thought that was really good, but, uh, but Chris, we really appreciate it. We disappointed, I think, and everyone listening is disappointed that you gave John the great question, uh, edge, but, uh, he deserved it. But, but sincerely, you really congratulations on all your guys' success. It's a tremendous story. We might we probably need to have you on another time just to go through your story because, uh, what you guys built from, uh, for the ground up is pretty incredible.
0: Well, you know, inside the pod here, like we wanted to have you on to talk about how you built up your, your media business, which is, uh, you know, I've, I've been writing about you for years now. And it's, uh, it really is a, a unique thing.
2: But Live was so big, we had to have you on. So thanks for your time and good luck this week. Anytime. And these, these takes will probably be expired by tomorrow. And there'll be a whole new thing, a whole new <laughs> slew of live things to talk about. So anytime you guys need me, uh, Chris, you got my we, phone we don't call
0: it. We don't call them takes. they are not takes They're, they're,
2: they're analysis. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- thank you guys for having me. I'll do it anytime.
1: John, a question I have, you know, coming out of that interview with Chris is that, and I don't know the answer to this. If the PGA tour loses a number of more big stars do the deals that they have with CBS and NBC and ESPN are those impacted? Or you know, do they do they become if you know, less people are watching? Is it, and there's less stars involved? Do they, is that going to be effective? That that's a that's a big question to me when you're looking at all these defections to the Live Tour.
0: Well, when they did those deals just a, a couple of years ago, they knew Live was coming. So you know, I don't know the answer to that either. That's something not worth checking into. You're, just, you're, you're you're giving me a to-do list, Andrew. Thank you. <laughs>
1: It's John's going to be stories. That that's the danger of this podcast is, 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 is helping each other out. All right, let's 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 finish up with the call of the week. Call of the week. The NBA, which we're in the finals, and I, we haven't even talked about it.
0: What do you got, John? NBA finals, game five from San Francisco. Jordan Poole at the end of the third quarter. Let's listen to Mike Breen.
2: Off the mark, rebound Wiggins, got three seconds to get a shot off. Wiggins to Pool. Poole gets it off in time. and he banks it in! He banks it in! They count it as the buzzer sounds!
0: Andrew, I don't think that was one of uh, Mike Breen's best calls, but as a viewer, it was great to hear his voice. It's great to have him back. He brings the emotion and the voice and the big game calls, and in my opinion, he's somebody who is going to start to get into that discussion of, you know, one of the best NBA play-by-play guys ever.
1: Yeah. I would say he's already in the discussion. You know, we, we might have to go deeper into it. Uh, Marv Albert to me is the the best ever. Uh, Mike Breen is great. I would say Ian Eagle's on par with him. If not, slightly better right now, even though Breen does the finals. Breen is, it was good to hear him back and the chemistry they have. I like that crew a lot. I know NBA fans, they go a lot of different ways, but, um, but I I like that crew.
0: Well, man, I got to go. I got a Montauk is waiting. uh, The sun in the sand.
1: John, if you're not watching on YouTube, John is, yeah, he's, he's just, he's ready to go. I think, are you golfing?
0: I'm mailing this thing in, man. Come on. (laughs) No, no. Are you you kidding me with uh mls doing a deal i'm stuck in my hotel room right writing about uh eddie hugh and, and don garber for goodness sakes
1: there you go all right well listen if you're listening on apple and listen all the things i said about apple right again we're gonna take our ratings down. um give us a nice review hopefully uh, and five stars help as well and we appreciate you listening on and staying with us every week
0: yeah thanks for listening